Welcome to Fireside Chats with Reverend Iron Kim, hosted by me, Abby, and produced by Grace Presbyterian Church of Silicon Valley. Hey there, listeners. Happy Friday. We got some good-ish news today from Gavin Newsom about changing the restrictions. Iron, what do you think of all this? I would like a restaurant to open because I want to go sit down and have a meal with friends and people I'm missing. What restaurant in Palo Alto would you most want to open? I don't really care at this time because I just want to go anywhere with other people. I just miss people. Oh, that's kind of sweet, Iron. Well, as sweet as he's being now, listeners, Iron and I actually got in a little bit of a tiff while we were planning this podcast. Iron, do you want to tell the good people what we were arguing about? Well, we were trying to come up with a topic, right, Abby? Because we're trying to figure out what would engage our listeners, what are people thinking about? And you have posted this topic, which is loneliness. Loneliness. Isn't that relatable, everybody? You're all at home, alone. And then Iron said, I don't remember the last time I was actually lonely. I don't get lonely. Uh, you totally get lonely. It's such a basic human emotion. <laughs> But I had to think about it. I agree. I do get lonely. I just deal with it in different ways. So let's talk about this because I think this is something you're right. People struggle with. We all do. Why do you say you don't get lonely? I think one of the things about it for me is I figured out how to insulate myself from feeling this, whether it's busyness, good deeds, work, trying to be productive, reading, analyzing counseling other people. So anyway, I stuff my schedule with things to do so I can ignore any sense of loneliness. I think Mm. that's my strategy. Well, Grace Press, now you know your pastor is emotionally repressed. How exciting. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Okay. So if you're willing to admit that you have felt that ubiquitous human sentiment of loneliness before in your life, When was a time where it was most acute? It sounds like day to day now, that's not as much a part of your story. I mean, you know, I don't want people to think that it's just about how I stay busy. There are seasons when you're physically just alone and you feel this sense of being by yourself. I remember that acutely when I was oftentimes in the hospital as a kid, just being by myself in the room and not having other people around. I think that's probably what some of you are experiencing at home right now with shelter in place, which can amplify a lot of that. But I think the other time I've felt lonely is when I've not felt known or understood or felt like an outsider, some sort of estrangement. Because being lonely isn't just about being physically alone. You can feel lonely in a room of people. That certainly is a reality. Yeah. And I remember when my family moved out to the suburbs and I started a new school, moving from a borough in New York City. It was a different ethnic group. It was socioeconomically very different. People talked about going skiing. People were talking about lacrosse. And (laughs) it was just a very different kind of place. Just not knowing how to figure out how I fit in there. That was very lonely. I think about that a lot, you know. People talking about lacrosse and you're like, oh, yeah, peach pear, pamplemousse? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite getting the memo. The school was predominantly just very white, very few Asians, very few people of color at all. I, I love that place. But at the same time, it was very different for me to come in and try to figure out life there. In the beginning, it's just daunting because you realize, how do I fit into this new community? And you are lonely, you know, Mm -hmm. until you find those friends. 
eating lunch in the library. I think we all had at least one year of school where we felt a little (laughs) bit misplaced. I think loneliness is so strange because it's such an isolating feeling that we all have in common. Even Iron Kim. Yes, we all do. So it's ironic, right, that loneliness is the thing we all have in common when in the moment, while you're lonely, you feel as if no one understands. It's so strange. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Might as well air these things in the church, in our family. It's a good time. Absolutely. If you go back to the beginning of the scriptures, God looks out at the world he created, looks at Adam, and he says, it is not good for man to be alone. There's something about the aloneness that he says is not good, right? Mm -hmm. And over the years, as I've talked to different groups of people as a pastor, whether it's the lonely person who is single and wants to find romantic love, the person who showed up at church and they're trying to figure out how do I fit in? This place is different. People who are married who feel very alone in their marriage, and that's really frightening for them. People who have lost a spouse, a family member, lost friendships. All of those things are a big part of ministry. And all of these people feel lonely in such different ways, right? If you're single, you imagine that married people aren't lonely. If you're married, you imagine that single people don't feel lonely. If you're a kid, you imagine that when you're a grown-up, you won't be lonely. When you're a grown-up, you romanticize being a kid. Essentially, we just all need to admit that everybody is lonely. We're all pining for friendship. We all have a desire to be known, to be loved, to have a place. And I think going back to your reference to Genesis, Adam was still in the garden when that passage was written. The world wasn't a sinful fallen place. Adam had not eaten the apple. The world was perfect and good, and still Adam was lonely. So it's a good reminder that loneliness is not a sin. It doesn't mean that you're weak in your faith. It's just that you were made for other people. And none of us thrive when we're not in the situation we're made for. No, and I think that's a great framework to address what we all feel. Loneliness inherently is not good and God wanted to make it better. Theologically, God himself is a being who exists three in one. He's a God who exists in relationship and we are made to image that. So you're right. It's not a sinful thing. It's not something that we should be ashamed of in any way. But recognizing we are built for more. That, I think, is crucial for us to remember. Mm -hmm. Speaking about loneliness, I do think it should be acknowledged that we live in Silicon Valley. There's a lot of talk about the fact that we live in a lonelier culture than other parts of the country. I'm curious, as a pastor, do you see evidence of that? Do you think that theory holds water? Um, yes and no. I think loneliness in general, like across the board and across the country, is a growing issue. Robert Putnam, who's a sociologist, wrote this book called Bowling Alone, just talking about how community has really atrophied in many ways and the sense of loneliness is growing in our country. But I think here, in some ways, it's accentuated because a lot of people move here from different places and you're trying to find relationships. What if you're a foreigner moving here from a different country and now you're living an expat life in Silicon Valley? That's a hard thing. Not having family nearby. How often is that a point of conversation for those who long to be closer to their families physically and now are out here? So in some ways, it's accentuated here. Long hours, work, all of that has also made it hard. How many conversations a year do you think you have as a pastor about loneliness? Can you throw out a number? I think that's hard. You know, 
because I don't think people always want to talk about this, but it's just one of those undercurrents of life that exists. I tend to hear more about it when someone moves or they're in a situation where there's some crisis. It's really hard to put a number on it because it is incredibly common. You always want me to quantify stuff. I have a hard time doing that. I love numbers. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I want like a pastoral scoreboard or something. Work on that. (laughs) Oh, man. So we've talked about loneliness from a life stage angle, from a societal angle, a cultural angle. But as Christians, here's my question. How is loneliness a different force in our lives, knowing that the gospel is true or that God is real? What is the difference in how Christians can think about loneliness than from a secular perspective? I think the first thing for me that is important is the alienation we already feel with God. This idea that God has come to us. God is one who comes to us in our own loneliness, in our brokenness, in our estrangement from him. He comes to us in the person of his son. That I think Mm. is pretty amazing to start off with that he did something about it. He's the one that made the first move. He came to us while we were still sinners. He came to us, right? The other thing is not only does he come to us, he is one who actually sympathizes with us. If you look at paintings of Jesus when you go to museums, there's always depictions of Christ. And oftentimes he is alone. He's one who's despised, rejected. His own family has rejected him. He's misunderstood let down by his friends, betrayed. He understands loneliness. Our God sympathizes with our loneliness. And I think that's a very powerful thing because the problem with loneliness is we feel like we're alone. No one understands. Mm -hmm. And yet the Bible is telling us our God knows exactly how we feel. We are not alone in our loneliness. Yeah. And I think it's another good reiteration of the point that being lonely doesn't mean that you're being sinful. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. I also think about the fact that Jesus was a social pariah to some extent and hung out with other social pariahs. Certainly there's no one more isolated, culturally speaking, than a person who's creating a new culture that no one has encountered before. That's about the loneliest a person could be in terms of feeling misunderstood. One verse that I often share with our Grace teens, maybe when they're at school, they're not feeling popular, they feel very alone, and they just wonder, why don't people like me? I love to remind them what Jesus says in the New Testament. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. It's an important reminder that the ways people perceive you or how popular you are, how many party invitations you have, that is not what God is measuring in your life. We tend to see popularity as a sign that someone is good, as an affirmation of a person's Mm -hmm. core. And Jesus is saying, no, you're looking at all the wrong things. Don't worry too much about the quantity of friends you have or the social invitations you may or may not have. Worry instead about my kingdom. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I think that's a really important point because you start thinking about all the ways we try to deal with our loneliness. Social media, oh, it's easy to pick on. You're looking on your phone, waiting (laughs) for that like to come up, and that makes you feel better. Iron loves to rail on Instagram. What a cheap shot, Iron. On a podcast, my word. I'm sorry. Look, I... I get it, but what are the ways we go about dealing with our loneliness? How do we do that? The scriptures talk about a way to satisfy and deal with our loneliness, one in which God provides, 
in Psalm 25, it says, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted. I, I love that. This is David in one of his Psalms actually saying, I am lonely. I am afflicted. God, I need you to be gracious to me. This is something God can do. I'm not saying having friends and all of that is unimportant and somehow God can fill every void. But there is a pathway here where God is saying, turn to me in these moments as well. I can be here for you in ways that you haven't really thought about. Mm -hmm. When I think about ways in the Christian life we deal with loneliness, I think about two ways. So maybe we can talk about those two things. The first way is in your relationship with Jesus, turning to him, building a relationship with God. The other thing I think about, of course, is church community. What does it mean to be part of the family of God? So let's talk first about the relationship with God. How does that combat loneliness? For me, there is this piece of relationship with God where here is one person who actually knows me down to my core, Mm -hmm. who actually knows every single thing about me, the darkest thoughts, as well as my greatest hopes and aspirations. Sure, it's not like God is physically with me like a friend, but in John 15, when Jesus tells his disciples, I have called you friends, that is an incredibly powerful verse. There's a friendship that we have with God, which is, again, a very unique thing in Christian religion. Most religions don't talk about God as your friend. It's almost too familiar. It's sacrilegious. And Jesus also in the prior chapter in John 14 talking about, I'm going to come to you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You may feel alone. You may feel abandoned, but I'm going to come to you. These, again, are powerful things that are undercurrents in the stability of my life. A corner piece, a foundational piece to deal with seasons of loneliness, recognizing I have the friendship and the love of God for me. Mm-hmm. Jesus is sort of like the imaginary friend you had as a kid, always there whenever you needed them. That's why kids make up imaginary friends. But ours is real. I can't tell you how many times the last few years I pulled out my Bible on a weekend. I would kind of look around the apartment and think, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's nothing really on my calendar. I've seen all of the rom-coms on Netflix. I'm going to spend this time with God. And it's true. He was there every time, every time he showed Mm. me something, every time he was happy to spend Saturday night with me. I did really feel less alone. As cheesy as that sounds, it's completely true. Recognizing that here is the one person I can count on. Who will never go anywhere. Yeah. There's something about that. If I don't have that, if you didn't have that, what do you do in those moments? I guess that's my question, right? hey, if you're listening and your marriage is in such a dark place that you know the depth of loneliness that comes from being with someone who's supposed to be your spouse and you feel so alienated from them and estranged from them, that makes the loneliness worse. This is one thing you can kind of hang on to in the middle of that. I'm getting dark on you here. but (laughs) No, it's important. That's why we're in ministry. We're not afraid of the dark. Yeah, totally. So then let's switch to that second Remedy. Remedy's a bit too facile a term, I think. But the second way to address loneliness in the Christian life, which is God's community, what do you have to say about that? You know, during the sermon series, Transformed by the Resurrection, one of the things that I've been thinking about is the new community God's building. Part of what happens when you come to trust in Jesus is you are actually made part of God's new family. And this has nothing to do with race, nothing to do with gender. 
It has nothing to do with socioeconomic issues. This is why there's so much tension in all of Paul's letters, because all of these people are saying, now we're a family. Well, but you're different. And that's always hard, right? Something is taking place in that that is saying, this is family for you, because we have this commonality, which is salvation in Jesus. Now you get to have real relationships with people you otherwise may not have. Friendships, relationships in the church should be cultivated because it is meant to be there to be your family. That's really one of the transformative pieces that's come along through Christianity. But those cultivated relationships also take work, though. Right, Abby? It's, mm-hmm. it's not like they just happen. When you're family and when you're friends, sometimes you rub up against each other. You ruffle <laughs> each other's feathers and do all of that stuff. That's normal for friendship. Sure. And I would encourage people listening too to not be afraid to reach out for those connections and to stick with them when they're not exactly what you imagined. When you first join a community group, it's going to be awkward, maybe for the first year. But over time, those people will become family to you. They will become dear friends. And also, I think there's some security in the fact that everyone is lonely. We really all want the same thing because we're all human. God made all of us for community. So if you're feeling lonely, I bet you're surrounded by other people who are feeling lonely too. Oh, absolutely. I was reading a book, I think it was last year, on spiritual friendship. And this one person had a line in there about, um, I don't know if anyone cares if my flight got in on time or not. This person is wondering, does anyone care about what's going on in my life, even in the mundane stuff? They were saying they feel lonely. But Mm -hmm. I think when you do have a church community, you have friends, you have people who care about you. I guarantee you there are people who are thinking about you in that way and thinking, hey, maybe that person needs a ride. Is that person doing okay? Hey, uh, you're sheltering in place. Maybe people are checking in on you. The beautiful thing that I get excited about that I see in our church community is when our church is actually doing that for one another. Yeah, People are doing that for each other and checking in. Yeah. So in terms of any other takeaway, something you would say to Grace Prez right here, right now? Well, I think what you said earlier, Abby, is one thing I just want everyone to remember. There's nothing wrong with feeling lonely. I think uh, you hit the nail on the head. Oftentimes we think, what is wrong with me? Did I do something? Why do I feel this way? Am I the only one? recognize that even the most well-adjusted person is deeply lonely. You know, the one that looks like they have it all together, they are struggling in the same way we all are. So just recognize that's one piece of it. And then we go back to our God who says, hey, I have called you friends. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. There's a place for you in the body of Christ and you belong. That's what I'd tell anyone. And if you're really struggling with it, reach out. I know sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, but reach out to the diakon, reach out to your pastors, reach out to your friends, your community group, and say, hey, I'm struggling. I need you to be a part of my life right now. And I think people will jump in. And if you're listening to this and you feel a little on the fringes at Great Spreads, totally reach out to our staff, go to our website, click around. I would encourage you to take the plunge and try to join a community group. I think it'll be better than you expect in a few months if you stick with it. We would love to be here for you. We have a lot of ministry opportunities to connect with you, and that's really our hope and our prayer in this season. Well, 
Iron, thank you for being my friend. I am a little less lonely today. Good chatting. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Abby. Thanks, Abby.